Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Last week, we kicked off this series called uh, Bless This Home, and we talked about hungering and thirsting for righteousness, that we are not just Christian families, we are Christ-centered homes. If you want to God's blessing on your home. If you want the blessing of the Lord, Matthew says that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for, everybody say righteousness. Righteousness is what we're after in our families. And if you'll do that, the blessing of God accompanies that kind of hunger in your families. I want to talk to you today uh, about leaven, about leaven. Interesting subject. Matthew 16, if you have your Bibles, flip there really quick. I don't normally read this much scripture, but I will Uh, to open up this message. Matthew 16 and verse 5. Matthew 16 and verse 5. If you don't have a Bible, you can look on the screen. Now, when his disciples, Jesus' disciples, had reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Let me pause here and say, they did not forget to bring kale. They forgot to bring bread. I just always want to point out to all of the keto-only people in the room that bread is a biblical concept. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Jesus said to them, watch and be aware of the, everybody say leaven, the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And so the disciples started discussing it among themselves, saying, we didn't bring any bread. We brought no bread. Bread, but Jesus, aware of this, said, Oh, you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourself the fact that you don't have any bread? You still don't get it. You don't perceive what I'm talking about. Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets you gathered? Seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets you gathered? How is it you fail to understand, listen to me, that I'm not talking about White bread. I grew up in the deep south, and Papa on the table every meal. Didn't matter what we had, we had white bread on the meal. Is anybody any anybody raised right like me? Thank you to two or three of y'all that were raised. It wasn't whole wheat. There wasn't no nuts and shoots and berries off in it like that. It didn't come from Ezekiel. I don't even know why he makes bread. It wasn't gluten free. It was white bread. Everybody sliced. Bunny bread. Can I get a good amen on bunny? Yeah. Jesus said, I'm not talking about bread. Beware of, here it is again, the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then the disciples understood. He didn't tell them. He did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread. He didn't say, I'm I'm not talking about regular bread. I'm talking about the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We have to learn as godly families how to recognize leaven. How to recognize leaven. How to recognize an agent introduced into culture that will corrupt all that it touches. Jesus and his disciples are kind of talking past each other. He think that they think they're talking about bread. He's talking about warning them about the teaching of the, the Pharisees and Sadducees. Leaven is this natural substance 
that when you introduce it into bread, into dough, it causes it to rise. And once it's introduced into the dough, uh, if you have a, a, a ball of dough, you have a, a plate, a dough, you got it inside of a bowl. Once you introduce leaven into it, you can't pick where the leaven goes. In other words, you can't say, well, I only want this half of the bread to rise. Is anybody hungry like me? I've started off hungry, and that was a bad thing. I can't decide that this is the only half that I want the leaven to touch. Are you with me, everybody? When it's introduced into the dough, it's introduced into everything. It it, it influences everything that it's introduced to. Leaven, write this in your notes. I didn't put this on the screen, but leaven a little bit works its way through the entirety of the dough. And Jesus said, leaven, listen, is this corrupt teaching that permeates through the entire culture. Now, I got to teach this to you because there's a lot of content I want to bring you, but leaven is this corrupt teaching that will promise you righteousness. It promises your family wholeness. It even promises your family right standing with God. If you'll do this, you'll be be right. You'll you'll be the the right part of society. You'll be on the right side of history. You'll be doing the right thing. The problem is it's corrupt, and it's a teaching that may provide you alignment with culture, but it provides you misalignment with the kingdom of God. Are you still there? You're going to have to put your seatbelt on because this is heavy teaching. The teaching that I'm talking to you about today promises you progress as a culture, as a family, in America, in Western civilization, on college campuses, in public education, it, on, in the media, on the internet, on television, in, in corporations. It promises you we're making progress, but the truth of the matter is the leaven I'm preaching to you about today doesn't move our society forward. It actually puts our society in bondage. Say amen to that. Write it down like this. Leaven will identify a correct problem, but will provide the wrong solution. Leaven will identify the correct problem in society, but it will provide the wrong solution to the problem. The majority of the New Testament, the epistles, are written by the Apostle Paul to keep leaven out of the church. So when you ask me something like, Pastor, why are you talking about this today? Well, because the the New Testament talks about it a lot. And as a matter of fact, Paul would write constantly to the churches in the New Testament and say, hey, be aware of what's going on in culture and be aware of what's happening around you. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't understand. Hopefully by the end of today's message, you will. It's possible to eat the leaven of corrupt teaching in American culture today because it may be concealed in something else. I'm getting there. Hang on. Many Christians recently, over the last three to four years, have consumed corrupt teaching because they're passionate about causes and something that society has termed social justice. Are you still awake? So it identifies social justice, the leaven, this corrupt teaching of our culture has correctly identified real problems that, 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 that really do affect people's lives, 
The problem is society has given us, it has introduced leaven, a corrupt teaching, into the solution. It identified a correct problem. It just gave you the wrong solution. And the leaven now, listen, is contaminating our culture and influencing our children and influencing our world. And it's called, write this in your notes, it's the leaven called critical theory. Critical theory. Can I teach you for a moment? Are you still awake? Can I teach you? Say amen. Critical theory is infecting businesses, government, schools, families, and even some churches. And I had to in this message with the most fear I may have brought of the Lord. Not of y'all, not of culture, of the Lord. I have to teach you this is the leaven of our culture. And if we allow it into our families, it will corrupt our family. It will corrupt our children it would steal away the potential, the purpose of God in them. Critical theory defined. I have a, a, a picture for you. It's a tree. There are actually five different, six different things that come from critical theory. You may have heard it called a lot of different things like critical race theory. It's a part of critical theory. Like queer theory. It's a part of critical theory. Like gender theory. It's a part of critical theory. Like intersectionality, which is a part of uh, critical theory intersectionality says that uh, all of these things are causing societal problems they're mixing together and causing societal problems in the church it's called deconstructionism it's permeated the church world right now people deconstructing their faith all of those things find their root in this leaven this demonic teaching from pharisees sadducees that jesus warned against called critical theory and just because it doesn't advertise critical theory doesn't mean there's not leaven in it are you still there everybody you can send your emails to talk about this message to brandy at just because just because there's just because it doesn't overtly say, it may be called philosophy. It may be called a social studies course. It may be called some type of activism. But hear me loud and clear. Put me on the record today, this third Sunday of the month of May, and let me tell you, critical theory is the leaven of our culture that will corrupt our families, and I am standing against it in Jesus' mighty name. Let me teach you really quick, and then I'm going to get to God's Word. Critical theory, listen, is an, epist an epistemology. It's not knowing something. It's how to know something. It's not knowing something. Here's what makes it different in our culture than any other time. Because you may be over the age of 40 or 50 today thinking, well, I've heard this before. Well, this is, a, you know, culture's always had cultural revolutions. Let me tell you what makes this different than any other theory that has been introduced in human history. It is not what people know. It's trying to change how people know trying to change how people know it's trying to take your children and frame their worldview and not what they know about God but how they know about God and not what they know about families and moms and dads and structural units but how they know about 
structure and family units. Are you still there, everybody? That's what makes it different. Here's where it goes wrong. Listen, it looks at the world and sees all the problems, and we do too. This is not a, I'm not denying that the world is full of problems, racism and, and issues and situations. And, and listen, I'm, I'm, there's, there's problems. People have We all see the problems. Here's where critical theory goes wrong, the leaven that I'm preaching against today. Here's where it goes wrong. It doesn't blame sin. It blames society. Okay? The leaven of our culture is now teaching that sin isn't the problem, that society is the problem, that structures that have been built for generations, they're what's wrong. They're what needs to be torn down. The church has to be torn down. The family has to be torn down. Authority structures have to be torn down. Religion has to be torn down. I- I- anything that like that has to be torn down. It's, it's not blaming sin. Somebody asked me, Pastor, why do we have all of this stuff? Because we live in a broken world. Because sin's in the world. That's why we need a Savior, by the way, everybody. That's why Jesus had to come, everybody. That's why this church has the answer that government will never have. It is not in more programs. It is not in more money. It is not in more education. It's in Jesus that we have our life and live and move and have our being. And listen, write this in your notes. Critical theory isn't after truth. It's after change. It's not after truth. It's after change. Here's the problem. Jesus did not say change would make you free. He said the would set you free. So you can change society all you want to, and you're not making people and people groups more free. You're actually putting free people into bondage to this demonic theory that says there's only two types of people in the world, the oppressed and the oppressor. It's still the truth that sets you free. This theory that's permeating our families and our culture, it is a counterfeit gospel. It is still the gospel of Jesus Christ, and this book is the only thing that can set a human heart free. This is still the answer. It's still the way. It's still God's plan. Say amen to that. Critical theory is the promise of heaven without Jesus. It's the promise of utopia, of heaven, without the need for Jesus. It's a works-based righteousness, and it's tearing down. Listen, it sees societal structures as power structures that are causing oppression. It promises this progress, but it's, it's, it's putting more people in bondage. And critical theory, listen close, It sees the nuclear family as a unit that needs to be deconstructed because of its power struggle more than something that needs to be celebrated because it's God's design. That's why I'm bringing this message in this series is because of the foundational attack of this teaching of the leaven of our culture is the family unit. It is the foundational attack. Listen, when God created the world, the first thing he made was a a family. A family. The story of God is the story of family. And this leaven that is permeating our culture is tearing down 
these societal structures, and it's not setting anybody free. It's actually putting people in bondage. Let me give you five kingdom designs that are not, look look at me, listen to me, because I'm giving you language you're going to hear on the news. Your children are going to hear in social studies. Your college students are going to hear on their campus. You're going to hear in your workplace sensitivity training. I'm, tell, I'm giving you language that you need to listen for. There are five kingdom designs that are not social constructs. Social construct is what the world says, well, y'all designed family. Well, that just, that we just came up with mom and dad and children that love the Lord. And it just, the church is just a social construct. There are five kingdom designs that the world didn't create, so the world can't dictate. Here they are. Write them down. Number one is family. Family was not constructed by the world. It is not a social construct. It is a God kingdom design. Say amen to that. Number two, the church. The church is not a social construct. You'll hear this. You'll hear this in well-meaning. Listen, you may even hear it from people professing to be Christians that tear down. Well, I just don't love that. I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. A church is a man-made. Church is not a man-made institution. Jesus said, I am building my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. I didn't make it. You didn't make it. The Pope didn't make it. Jesus left us his church. It was birthed on the day of Pentecost in fire. It is the baptism of fire into the people of God. That's the church. Now listen, religion isn't under attack because they don't mind every other religion. They just mind ours. It's the church of Jesus. I'm telling you how to prepare for these last days. I wish you could feel the weight. I physically feel it on my heart right now. These last days that we live in, you will not have to stand for all religions. But you may have to stand at a school board meeting and say, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Jesus is the only King and we serve Him and Him alone. Number three, so I'm giving you kingdom designs, not social constructs. Are you ready? Are you buckled up? I should have gave you the PG-13 warning. This is a PG-13 warning. I should have done that at the beginning of the message. Number three, gender. Gender is not a social construct. You don't get to choose it, and you don't get to change it. God knit you in your mother's womb and every day of your life as a male or a female was written down in his book before one of them came to be. My heart breaks if you're confused. My heart and grace and love are for you, but God designed two genders, and I don't care what the world constructs and the leaven that is infecting our families. It is not a social construct, male and female. It is a kingdom design. Genesis 1 and verse 7, that God created male and female. He created them. Shout amen to that. This is hard preaching. Don't go somewhere else next week. It's light. I may bring balloons and confetti canyons next week. Number four, marriage is not a social construct. It is a kingdom concept. 
Marriage is a kingdom concept. It's a kingdom design. God designed you to be. I just read a study about how late Americans are getting married. If you're here today and you're single, I'm not picking on you. But we are delaying marriage into our 30s, 35, 40-year-old. I mean, it's amazing how, late, how quickly in a generation. Most generations before us were married early in their 20s. Now it's an average age of 30, 31, 32. Why? Because they're being told by the leaven in our culture, by this critical theory, that marriage is just a social construct, that power struggle, it's male over feet. It is not. It is God's design for your home, for you to be in a God-honoring, Jesus-loving male and female for life, marriage. That's the kingdom design. Number five, human sexuality is not a social construct. Human sexuality is not a social construct. It is a kingdom design. This book has things to say about human sexuality. It has things to say about the confines of sex and human sexuality. It is not left up to whatever you feel or want to do. It is a kingdom design. Somebody say amen to that. Critical theory wants to tear down, thinking somehow it lifts everybody up. But the kingdom of God, listen to me, does not tear down the healthy. The kingdom of God lifts up the broken. The kingdom of God, if you're not in a family today, I am not condemning you. I'm telling you the book says God sets the lonely in families. If you're in poverty today, I'm not condemning you and telling you society failed you. I am telling you God brings blessing. And the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. If you're broken and addicted today, I'm not going to blame society or structures or what happened in the past. I'm telling you God can break generational curses off of your life. You don't have to break somebody else. Jesus was broken for you. Are you still there? Jesus is the only one who paid the full price of the sin of the world. And you can be healed and blessed and fulfilled and saved. You are not oppressed. You are a child of the Most High God. Give me praise. It's a kingdom design. Families and the home. Society didn't break it. Sin broke it. American history didn't break it. Sin broke it. Slavery didn't break it. Sin broke it. Poverty didn't break it. Sin broke it. Opioids didn't break it. Fentanyl isn't breaking it. Sin is breaking it. And that's why we need Jesus in our families. We got to fight for these kingdom designs. I got to preach about family. I've only got 12 minutes. Lord Jesus, I got to preach about family. If leaven, if leaven will infect the recipe, let me give you God's recipe for family. Number one, write this down. You got to fight the enemy for leaven in your family. This leaven of critical theory that's trying to tear down the authority of the family. Here's the right ingredient. Number one, family is a God-ordained authority structure. Ingredient number one, family is a God-ordained authority structure. Say amen to that. Ephesians 6 and 1, children, obey your parents and the Lord. 
for this is right. Some of y'all, you just found your life verse. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, by the way, that it may go well. Honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. I'm telling you, if you don't want to die young, I don't, this is the book. You better honor your mama and your daddy. That's what the book says. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the, dis- everybody say discipline and instruction of the Lord. Obedience and honor belong in the family. And I'm standing up against the leaven of critical theory to tell you it is not an oppressive power structure for mom and dad to discipline and to raise their children in the fear of the Lord. It is under attack from the enemy. Critical theory says it's a power structure that leads to a blessing but uh, that leads to the oppression, but the kingdom of God says it's an authority structure that leads to blessing. It seems like every commercial you see nowadays, there's anything but a nuclear family represented. It seems like every ad that your children are bombarded with, it seems like every, every, every uh, corporation is working towards anything other than God's recipe. The government is leaving its lane of authority and infringing on the authority of the church and the authority of God's word. And it's teaching this old problematic idea that a child belongs to the village. Now listen, I understand what you mean. It takes a village. We got great people who love my children, babysit my kids, help us, bring the ball, practice, pick them up, do all that. I understand that. But it is not the village's responsibility to raise your children. My child, your child, mom and dad, hear me, tune in to me. Our kids do not belong to the village. They belong to us and the Lord. And it is our responsibility to raise and instruct and discipline our children in the ways of God. It's an idea. It's an influence from government that is overstepping parental authority. Now listen, if you're a teacher today, if you're an administrator, and you're godly, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm not fighting against you. I'm actually fighting for you. But I'm telling you, I will not. We cannot relinquish our responsibility as parents to the government. We can't say that they can decide. They decide. The child does not belong to the village. They are not a commodity of the state. They are a blessing and a gift to mom and dad. Shout amen to that. And you have responsibility. Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. you got to train him. My kid don't want to go to youth on Sunday night. They don't get a vote. The Rose household is not a democracy. It is an absolute monarchy. And Jesus is king and daddy is dictator and youth is on Sunday night at 5. Get your clothes on. We're going to youth tonight. Because I'm training you up in the way you should go. Brandy, we need to update our resume after this message. But I'm telling you, we got to train up our children. If you don't train them, culture will.
If you don't teach them God's way, culture will. It'll tell our babies that they're oppressed, that they're wrong, that they're an oppressor. And I want your kid at Summer Blast to hear, you're not oppressed. You're not an oppressor. You're a child of God with purpose on your life and destiny in your heart. And God's got plans for you. Don't ever bow to this world's theory. God's hands on you. Here's the second thing, ingredient number two, fathers and mothers bringing up their children in the ways of the Lord. This is the ingredient. Now listen, the leaven of, this, of, of our culture will tell you it doesn't take all that. If you're a single parent here today, I love you. Hear my heart. I'm not, I'm not a get. God's going to fill in the gaps in your life. I promise you God will fill in the gaps in your life. I pray God redeems your circumstance. But the fullness of God's plan is for a mom and a dad to raise godly children. Can I get a better amen? To bring, most of the problems in our culture aren't the result of family. It's the result of a broken family. Over 70% of all federal incarcerations have single-parent homes. Their father was absent from their home. You cannot convince me it's society's problem. It's sin's problem. It's sin's problem. we got to do it God's way. God's recipe is for mom and dad to work together. Moms, you're a source of care and compassion and instruction and a model in godliness and faith. My wife is the heart of our home. I tell you that often. She's the source of care and when they hurt themselves, they don't run to me. They run to mama. When I hurt myself, come on, everybody. It's a source of care. And when I get the man flu, I had man flu a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was on death's door. It was terrible coughing. And he went stage four man flu. I couldn't even raise my head. just texting Brandy from the bed. Please bring me water. <laughs> They have a, you have a role to play, Mama. You are the sort. And if you're a single parent, you're going to have to pull double duty and God will give you the strength. But you're the source of, uh, of compassion and care. Daddies, you're the source of blessing in your home. I ask the Lord and look around. I thank God for this church. Look, I ask the Lord for a church full of strong men because you are the source of blessing and protection and provision and wisdom and security and stability. Daddy, there is blessing in your hands. That's why in the Old Testament when Jacob and Esau came, they didn't come to their mama for the blessing. They came to their father for the blessing. He laid his hands on them and blessed them. There's something about a dad's blessing don't overlook your authority it's God's plan for you to raise children in the ways of the Lord say amen to that here's number three and we got to go because I'm sweated down number three I'm giving you the ingredient that will produce what you want in your family if leaven is the corrupt teaching of culture who will destroy your family I'm giving you some ingredients that are built it God's way. Number three, it's children who live under the blessing and the protection of a family. Moms and dads have a responsibility. Kids have one. There's blessing and obedience and honor. You say, what? Well, 
Pastor, my, my daddy wasn't honorable. It's not what the book asks. You honor. You're talking about respect. Respect is earned. Honor is given. Those are different things. I don't have time to teach you on honor. I give a whole message on Matter of fact, I've given a whole series on, on the culture of honor in our house. You don't, you don't have to do anything to earn honor. Honor is the posture of a person who has it and gives it. I honor the, I honor the office of whatever president. It doesn't matter if I voted for him or not. We're going to build an honor in our house. Are you with me, everybody? We're going to build an honor and authority. You can honor your mom and dad. You say, well, pastor, you, you don't know. My family's messy. The book's full of families that are messy. There was a father who put a coat of many colors on his son, his favorite son. And he talked about the purpose of God over his life and gifting in Joseph's life. That coat of many colors represented the blessing of his daddy. Same exact family. Turned that coat of many colors into a blood-stained garment of rejection and disappointment when his brothers sold him to slavery. He spent years in a pit. Maybe you know this story. Maybe your family's messy like this. Maybe you come from a messy family. Maybe you're in the middle of a messy family. I don't want you to feel condemnation today. But I do want to tell you like Joseph, God can push you out of the pit into the palace if you'll surrender your heart to God. That Joseph became prime minister of all of Egypt. He's second in command only to the Pharaoh who the Egyptians viewed as God. And Joseph, this blood-stained coat of many colors, makes its way to the palace of the Pharaoh. Why? Because he didn't accept his station as, well, I guess this is just who we are. Well, society let me down. The family let me down. Well, I got church hurt. Well, I got all this deconstructing all my stuff and maybe I was born in the wrong body. And No, 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 Joseph didn't accept none of that. Joseph, in the belly of that prison, said, God's hands on my life. God has purpose for me. God is God regardless of my station in this life. And I come today to tell you, I'm not, I know I'm preaching hard today. I'm asking forgiveness. I don't ask forgiveness for what I preach, but just if, if, I, if you took it wrong. But listen, you don't, I'm telling you, you don't have to accept this is the way it is. Culture's moving this way. Get behind it, Pastor. Just the times are changing. The times are changing. Leaven is coming. But the purpose of God remains the same. That you're a child of the Most High God. That you were made on purpose and for purpose. That God has destiny for you. Come on, hear this over your life. Put your arms around your children. Grab your wife by hand. Come on, prophesy. So we, we preached about that. We sung about prophesying today. Go ahead and talk about we're a blessed family. God's hands on our family. We're an adopted family, but we're blessed. We're a blended family, but we're blessed. I'm a single mom, but my children are blessed. And God's making up the difference. We come from a divorce and it was ugly and my childhood was ugly but I'm blessed there was abuse or molestation or mess up but I'm blessed I wasn't born in the wrong body I wasn't born the wrong culture I wasn't born the wrong color society didn't let me down the enemy thought he had me but I am a child of the most high 
God. And no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. My family is blessed. We are gifted. We are purpose-filled. We are blessed in the city. And I wish you'd receive this. We are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I walk in and when I walk out. Hazel and Henry have the covering of the Lord. If this is you, you ought to stand and open your hands to the Lord. They have the covering of the Lord over their lives. The blood of Jesus surrounds my children and my wife. We are healed and whole and healthy and no disease has its part in my body, in our minds. We are of sound mind. He hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but of sound mind and of love. We are people of compassion and grace in our family. We are people of love and hope. I didn't come from much, but much is coming from me. We didn't come from faith, but faith is coming from me. I didn't come from healing and wholeness, but healing and wholeness is coming from me. Our family is healed and put back together. And the blood of Jesus covers us. God gave me my family. Come on, say that. God gave me these babies. God gave me this marriage. God gave me this relationship. God gave me this. And I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it God's way. That's why Psalm 34 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Hands raised all over the house. Father, we take refuge in you today. We take refuge in our family. We take refuge in our children. We take refuge. God, everything that you've given us. God, every experience. I stand against the lie of culture that says it's an authority structure that must be torn down. No. This is God's design that you're going to build up. I come against every lie of the devil telling you you're worthless. You don't have what it takes. You were born on the wrong side of the tracks. You were born in the wrong body. You were born in the wrong time. No, I was born for the right time. God gave me everything I need. God gave me every good thing. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. I am well able. I am the head and not the tail. I am over and not under and God's blessing is on my family come on put your hands down if you need to give your heart to Jesus now's a good time come on no time like the present as a matter of fact the Bible says today is the day of salvation if you need to surrender your heart to Jesus daddy mama today's the best day to give your heart to the Lord Bow your heads and close your eyes. I'll lead you in a prayer of surrender and then we're going to worship God as a family. If you need to rededicate, recommit your life to Christ, pray this with all of your heart. Everybody praying out loud, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross. I believe you died for my sins, that God raised you from the dead, and I surrender to you. I give you my life, I give you my past. I give you my sin. I give you all of me. Save me today. Be the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God praise for his word, everybody. 
Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.